The Mets took three out of four from the Cardinals over the weekend, Figgy. They are seven games out. So you're saying there's a chance, question mark? (laughs) It might not be one in a million, but the percentages are still viable. I think they are playing for something, and that's at least something fun to watch. We'll see exactly if they're going to bring up some of these prospects that we've been expecting, like a Mauricio all year long. It'll be good to see some new blood in the clubhouse and see if uh, they can continue some of these winning ways because they're playing a different style of baseball with all the new faces. Just remember, folks, when you're watching those games of the week, and the Cardinals are absolutely atrocious. So now we will see the Braves, and if the Mets beat the Braves, hey, maybe they're on to something. We'll find out this week. Well, we'll also find out what Todd Frazier thinks about these Mets and what he thinks about Little League World Series, which he is broadcasting and doing a great job. You see him on ESPN on the Yes Network. The Todd father will join the program today. It's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, Nelson Figueroa. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Figgy and Y. Follow the pod at Amazing But True and watch us. On the New York Post Sports YouTube page, find that Amazing But True playlist. Give us a thumbs up below and comment your thoughts on the Mets, who took three out of four over the St. Louis Cardinals, who are somehow worse than the Mets. Uh, It's funny to me. Like, you look at the race going to Sunday, like, holy cow, the Mets are six games out of the playoffs ahead of the New York Yankees, who are further back from the playoffs than the Mets. What bizarre world are we in? People would argue with me, oh, the Yankees are playing minor leaguers too, but they didn't sell. The Mets sold the whole team. So that's the big difference there. But again, the Mets sent us back to reality Sunday, back to live, back to reality. Three out of four. What do you mean? Yeah. And got smashed Sunday because of a guy, a trade that they somehow found a way to lose again with Billy up or Trevor God. I mean, oh, my God, he sucks. Trevor God is terrible. See, what happened was he had about nine games in a row, scoreless, feeling good throwing the ball well, and you thought, okay, maybe they fixed something. No, not just yet. He is so He got bad. got. I mean, yeah, great. I mean, a lot of those outings weren't any high pressure. I mean, no spot is high pressure right now on this team, but in terms of in-game scenario, I feel like God was coming in a lot of favorable situations. This one not as favorable. He absolutely 
implodes coming up in a bit on the show we are glad to be joined by the todd father the pod father and todd father finally meet todd frazier who's calling the little league world series and teaming up with lance sandwich crackers i don't know why i just said sandwich but i like it that way uh so the todd father will join us here in a few minutes but yes the mets win three out of four over the Cardinals, and once again kodai senga continues to be a bright spot for this team and he's at least one, like, for sure in the rotation. We assume Quintana's the other for sure, who has also been good for them. Um, one guy who's not a for sure figgy is Carlos Carrasco. And at this point, you know, if you're looking towards next year and you're thinking about 2024, you would think Carrasco's spot is good. I mean, Joey Lucchese looked good, and he'll probably take his spot. There's spots for everyone. So with how, how bad McGill's been for the most part, McGill might get bounced. Peterson's going to stay. He could be a part of next year potentially. Um, Lucchese might get spots, but, uh, Vazel, Vazel, can we get the correct? I feel bad. I can't say his name. Hearts. Can you look up Mike Vazel, uh, his pronunciation, but he's pitched well in triple A figure. And I figure September, we see some of these, you know, arms, the limited amount there are over cookie at this point, because cookie's just not giving you enough innings. You know, he was always known as an innings eater. Four innings, three runs on Sunday, nine hits. The problem is he get, he puts so many guys on the bases that he can't get through even the fifth inning. Uh, that at this point, you know, if you're seeing the young guys, it might be time to put Vazel, Vazel, put the Vazel in there, put a couple flowers in the Vazel and call it a day. Yeah, there's not there's not too many guys um, that are deserving of a call up. Uh, well, it's always about a look see at this point, right? Once you feel like you're mathematically eliminated and you have no shot, of course, it's then. Uh, Carrasco probably most likely will not be signed back. Two bright spots, of course. Senga continues to pitch well. And it was amazing to watch him throughout that game because it looked like he was in cruise control. He wasn't trying to overthrow. He wasn't trying to hit 97, 98 miles an hour. He was throwing balls at 95 by people. And I know you're thinking, oh, my God, 95 is still pretty hard. But for a guy who normally rears back and throws a lot of the ghost fork balls, he didn't really break them out until third time through the lineup. He was just toying with this Cardinals lineup and they could not, you know, they were making futile attempts at it. Contreras had a swing where they showed the replay and he was literally three feet north of the ball and three feet west of the ball. He wasn't even close to where the ball was. Um, it was pretty impressive the way the fork ball just dropped off the table and he wasn't even throwing a lot of those. So remember, he had 107 pitches the time before. They gave him the extra day. They brought up Lucchese to uh, give him an opportunity. Lucchese took advantage of that opportunity and pitched lights out. They were talking during the broadcast that, you know, maybe Senga noticed some things with Lucchese, the way that he was pitching and Quintana, the way they were not overpowering fastballs because these guys are probably a good fastball hitting team. And he just continued to mix it up through a bunch of cutters in there. He was like 91 to 93. And then all of a sudden broke out the fork ball third time through the lineup and toying with them. And uh, it was a masterful performance. And he just looked like he was bored out there. On the other side of the ball, the offense the offense was doing really, really well. DJ Stewart has found a power stroke from somewhere, even got robbed of a home run. Is he someone I think is moving forward? No, but while these guys are here and you trying to win games, he's at least been, you know, one of the positives of, of you know, hitting the ball hard. We saw a Vogelback grand slam. You know, it's always, I get a, a buddy of mine text me all the time uh, and, and will go nuts. MV, you know, I got MVP vote for Vogie just with that one swing. Hard to watch uh, on a daily basis because he struck out, I think, seven times in the series besides a home run. Pete Alonzo, wow, absolutely smashing balls. However, end of which, there's one ball we have to talk about with Pete Alonzo. 
That was a jerk move by Pete Alonzo. I'm sorry. I don't it care. wasn't I, on purpose. There's no way it was I'm on sorry. purpose. There's no yeah, way. Yeah. I, listen, we've done it. We've done it as a joke to guys. Of all the times, Figgy, that they throw the ball into the crowd and that far and that much force, the one time the guy's first big league hit, a little shady to me, a little suspect. Listen, I, I don't know if he didn't realize the moment. I get it. They did a standing ovation. You figured you'd be aware with a standing ovation, but it might have been his first time at home, he was thinking. Well, if you look up at the scoreboard and it says zero, zero, zero for his average, you should, again, click to another level. Okay, wow, he hasn't gotten a hit yet. Maybe, you know, he got called up on the road. A lot of guys used to get called up on the road because it was easier to deal with the road. You didn't have to impress the fans, you know. Then you got some reps and then you came back home and you were able to, you know, click on all cylinders in front of the home fans. So they used to do it that way. But I don't know what he was thinking. All I know is that he was upset that, you know, it was a little dribbler that went down the line and he thought, you know, they could get him and they didn't. And he just was on one knee and got up and flipped the ball 25 rows up. (laughs) Well, they thought, was he thinking to throw to the family? But there's no way he would know exactly where the family was. Although it was in that section. So that's why I was like, wait a second. Did, Did the family catch that? And some, you know, random white woman caught it in St. Louis. But, I mean, it, that, it was close. So, that's why. And, by the way, it's Vassal. Mike Vassal is the pronunciation. Um, language of origin, please. Can you use it in a sentence? It makes sense. We're talking Little League World Series later. But uh, I, I still, I don't know. And then giving a sign back. What if you didn't want your autograph? I mean, I'm sure I'll take the Don Julio. Uh, it'll be funny in the history of Mason Win, as long as, you know, it's uh, not the highlight of his career. Um, but young man, talented, strong arm. We knew that a few years ago when he threw 100 miles an hour across the diamond from shortstop and everybody almost raved too about strong it. of an arm. Like he threw it home yesterday. It was like a laser beam. Yeah. And it was high. And, you know, what the accuracy has to be where that ball's down and the catcher can crouch and kind of block the plate at the same time as catching it to try and get a guy. But that was a play by Ortega hustling the whole way, head down, just not, never never stopping. We heard the booth rave about Joey Cora and Joey Cora, the way he coaches third base, very much like the old school of like a Ron Washington, where it's very dramatic arm movements, body movements. He'll lay down on the ground to make sure you slide and all these kinds of things. But that's an important factor because on the other side of it, and I'll make my Yankee reference of the week. Remember when Stanton got thrown out at home by a mile and everybody's like, Oh my God, this guy can't run and he doesn't care. And he didn't even try. We went back and watched that video, and I kept telling the guys, there's a reason why he was running that way. There's a reason why. There's a reason. And then I watched uh, our old friend, Luis Rojas, is coaching third base. And if you watch Luis Rojas's reaction to the ball hitting the right center field gap that the center fielder did an unbelievable job to get to and get to it on one hop, Luis Rojas is walking very patiently, swinging his left arm around slowly, like, you got this, you're scoring, it's okay. But never was that, hey, hey, get it going, get it going, get it going kind of thing for him to really start running. And he got thrown out, and you saw how surprised he was because Rojas's reaction to, or Rojas's signals were more of like, you're in, easy, easy, you're fine. And, you know, Stanton gets thrown out, and everybody gets all over Stanton. Meanwhile, you look at it, and it was Rojas's fault for not letting him know that, hey, move it. Listen, I feel like Luis Rojas, maybe Baywatch would be better for him. If life is in slow motion, let's have Luis Rojas be a part of Baywatch. Put him, put him in a, I don't know if Luis Rojas got that body for Baywatch, but I mean, Luis, whatever Luis Rojas touches, he's, he is the opposite of the Midas touch. Whatever he does, the mush. it goes wrong. Whether it's third, third base managing, 
Let's put him in the Mr. Met costume. Hopefully he doesn't tear his ACL. One of those things. Miss Met was going viral over the weekend because they were saying, you know, big old butt, but people don't realize. I don't think a lot of people realize that is padding. And I confirmed it with their, their handler, Miss Met. <laughs> The other the other night of the game, I just I was like, this thing's blowing up. Like that is all padding because you know I know the girl who's in it. And I'm like, I don't think that's not that. Anyways, it, I don't know if you natural, saw. You this is that tweeted the picture and it, the quote teach were going crazy about. Damn, you know Miss Med's got a fatty and everyone's saying that. And I'm like, it is padding. It is all padding. So dude, it's a costume. Cut it out. What are we thinking I know, here? The quote tweet. It was insane how viral this picture of miss met went and it was i was three seats over when that picture was taken it was the food day it was the picture i think from the food on the table and it's just her and mr med i'm like anyways that's an aside but it did go viral so i just want to confirm padding not natural peach and anyway. not a B, not a bbl <laughs> no miss met did not have bbl yeah and steve cohen budgie you might have thought maybe put money in the miss met bbl as well but that i cannot confirm but I can confirm it is padding. So for the people who say, you know, you know, I'm trying to take Miss Met away from Mr. Met, just know <laughs> you, you know, objects in the mirror may be uh, closer than they appear. I don't know what that saying is. I, I, yeah, um, I don't know why you went there with that one. Mirage. I don't know. I was at the Brooklyn Mirage over the weekend. Anyway, Jake Brown, let's figure out what's true. Todd Frazier will join us. Good morning, everybody. Have a cup of coffee today. I haven't had mine yet. The Mets will take on the Braves this week as they are sent back to reality. That's the thing with this weekend. Like, don't put much stock in it. You still have the same bad starting pitching, bad bullpen. And that's the thing is like, man, Carlos Carrasco, great guy. We love him. But whew, this team is going to be tough to watch here. And still no Ramon and Mauricio. The date has passed. He has joined the 2020 club in terms of home runs and stolen bases. At this point, it just seems like September. And then if it's not September and he's not traded, then what the hell happened this year? Like if that, if he's not up in September, there's something behind the scenes that is happening at this point. It's about the young guys. Yeah. There's seven out. They're not all the way out yet, but you know, they have the angels coming to town. That'll be a tough series. They got the Braves this week. So tough games ahead, but you know, what are you watching for here? You know, it was an encouraging weekend because Alonzo's at 39. The bats came alive. You know, Sanga was great. Lucchese was great. And it's good to see him pitch well again after we saw some signs early on. But what are you watching for here? What are you encouraged by? What are you discouraged by? Well, what I'm encouraged by is the way that they're playing and the way that they're running bases. The defense has been an uptick, um, you know, turning a ton of double plays this weekend. And again, it, it's against the level of your competition. You know, when these St. Louis Cardinals, who are, you know, basement dwellers themselves, they're hitting into double plays a ton and not running it out or, you know, hustling out of the box nearly the way that they should playing the game the right way is so important because it sets a tone and it shows that you haven't given up on your manager. You haven't given up on the fact that, you know, you've been relegated to a, a team of all the pieces that got sold off or to contenders. And you know, that, what does that make you guys? So while they're seven back and they're no no worse for the wear from where they were just at the deadline, right? There was somewhere at six and a half back back then when they got all sold off. So you're right, you're right there still. Amazingly, somehow, even when you were losing all these games, that's what happens with baseball, right? Everybody else was losing these games, and so everything stayed the same. You had a chance, though. Say if you got that hot streak and you won six in a row while everybody lost six, you jumped six places. Not saying you jump six places on every team, but you jump six places. And now all of a sudden you're not the team at the bottom continuing to try and chase up. You're somewhere in the middle of the pack or you might be at the top of the pack. And you now you can smell 
uh, an opportunity there to really kick it into another gear. And if you had the pieces left to do that, wow, what could be? And that was my concern always was that I felt like they pulled the plug too soon. I felt like, you know, with all the resources that they had, you know, you have the, the, the monetary backing of the ownership group. So as a GM, you sat back and you said, fan graphs is telling us that we have X number percentage. Well, Seattle Mariners had a way worse percentage going into it. How the Seattle Mariners looking right now? Amazing, right? They've they've kicked it into another gear. J Rod is what, eight, 17, 18 hits in five games. Something yeah, he's like hits seventeen for his last twenty or some ridiculous number. Yeah, and no, no, and, and and you know that that whole and they and they sold off one of their core bullpen pieces in Paul Seawald, ex Met. Um, and yet they found a way to turn it around. And th- this is what happens in baseball. Like, and especially when you have a group of players where there's a good mix of veterans and youth and you saw Verlander was turned the corner in his last nine starts, you know, Scherzer was, was tired of sucking, I would hope, but it just seemed like there was that one game in there where he would just give up a bunch. I just felt like they could still, you know, make a run. Everybody is not going to play perfect baseball. No, you're not catching the Braves. That's that's not that's not even in your head. I think having that out of your head and knowing that everybody else is probably going to come back to the pack a little bit. Miami did big time. And the Phillies were, you know, they've been just staying afloat with floaties the whole time. And you, you know that you play well against the Phillies as it is. So I, I just felt like they pulled the plug too soon. Having said that, Am I excited about the Ortegas, the Arauz, however you say it? Arauz. Yeah, uh, Arauz, um, Ortegas, the you know the fact that you're moving Brandon Nimmo, who was having almost like a gold glove caliber season at center to left. I, I'm not understanding that. Isn't he the And best? the fact that Francisco Alvarez plays like once a week now. Like what? I mean, Al- I feel like Alvarez, Alvarez in the lineup. It's like, yeah, he's, he's in the lineup. Al- Alvarez is being relegated to that, you know, uh, old veteran guy that needs, you know, weeks off. I don't get that either. This is a kid that you're trying to see if he can get to 30 home runs. I think there's just there's a lot of things that are still positives, but at the same time, I don't know what they're looking for because none of these pieces that are playing DJ Stewart's of the world are in my plans for the future. Right? Uh, we we talked about this last year when you were building a team and we were in the off season and we're like, oh my god, they signed this guy, they signed that guy, they signed this guy, and they even tried to sign you know which was a godsend that they didn't sign Correa, but you tried to sign Correa to solidify the last piece that you know was a sure thing. There's nothing in baseball that's ever for sure, nothing at all. I, I look at the poor Angels; they went all in right because they wanted to prove to Otani that we can be a contender. Mike Trout is coming back this weekend. Uh, we'll see him at, at City Field, but they fell back majorly in the wild card race because they lost seven in a row. Um, so not everything happens, or it's it's for a lack of trying to make it happen. They felt that was the best thing. Everybody knew in baseball that the best thing would have been for them to trade Shohei Otani to a contender and get back a ton. And then if you're going to sign them back and you have the resources to sign them back, now your team is going to be that much better. They didn't have the balls to do it. And you can't blame them because you don't want Shohei Otani to possibly, you know, do some kind of record or MVP type season. And he's going to finish out the season in somebody else's uniform. You want to say that we had Shohei Otani for the five years. He was tremendous for us and we would love for him to stay with us forever. But you just showed him another losing season. And that was something that he keeps saying he wants to be with a a team that's going to win and contend. 
And you respect what they did because, listen, they went for a spot, didn't work. Sometimes it just doesn't work. I mean, the Dominic Leone trade is still bizarre. I mean, the Mets getting a solid prospect for Dominic Leone is, is hilarious. But we'll get to see it front and center. It'll be the last really crowded weekend of the season. We expect, you know, a large portion of flushing is is a, of Asian descent. So there's going to be a lot of Asian people in the building. There will be a lot of, you know, fans of just Otani, fans of the game. You'll probably see some Yankee fans who like Otani. You'll see just baseball fans who like Otani coming. And I'm not sure how it lines up yet. Check check for us, Hearth, before we, you know, go to Todd Frazier, if he's going to pitch. I I thought there's a chance he pitches Sunday, but uh, they were hoping for a, I remember they were hoping for a rain out to try and see if he, he would be able to pitch. There was something going on. Well, we <laughs> we were hoping dance. for a rain out Friday so we could host on Picks 11. <laughs> actually, I'm doing the rain dance. There was a 50% chance of rain, at least on my just regular old weather app. Um, so it looks like there is. So you're saying there's so a you're chance. you're saying there's a chance. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll be I'll be the backup. I'm Lenny Harris. I'll be the, the goat pinch hitter. But, yeah, hopefully for rain. But, yeah, looking forward to seeing Otani. Here in New York City in Queens, that's going to be fun. I'm sure uh, he'll hit a couple dingers. Hopefully he plays all three. That'll be a tease if he, like, sits out a game. It's like your DH, bro. Let him play every day. He is putting the team on his back. So we went from maybe seeing Carlos Correa in September to seeing Carlos Cortez. That's another one of the Mets prospects who might get a chance here in September. Like we said, Vazel. We'll probably see of Mauricio. If we don't see, I don't know what the hell's going on. So that's what to look forward to. It's Mets Braves in Atlanta this week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, pod, Thursday is an off day. And then the Angels come to town Friday through Sunday. Figure will be back Monday. Otani will miss the series, Hart says. He's pitching Wednesday. So we will not get Otani pitching this weekend. So now you talk about the Brave series and, you know, three games. Just make it respectable. Let's 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 not get you know another twenty one to three occurrence. Uh, I don't. Danny Mendick it. better not pitch in this series. Uh, listen, Danny Mendick is uh, it's hard watching him play in any series. Still, uh, he's played some good defense as of recently, but get Beatty back up here. Uh, get Mauricio up here. You know, start start moving in that direction if you want to, and and give them a full September where they can show what they can do. Twenty eight players, no That's more, it. no less. Teams can carry four maximum of fourteen pitchers. So they, I guess you get fourteen pitchers, fourteen hitters seems to be the uh, the number. Yeah, Figgy, we need to see that here, and we need to see the Mets not embarrassed, and we need to see in uh, eleven days those guys come up. All right, well, one guy who wasn't a wild card was Todd Frazier. Although he didn't have the best numbers with the Mets, he did have a nice career, and he was a fan favorite. And no thumbs down here on Amazing But True. We'll give our thumbs up to Todd Frazier, who joins Amazing But True. I'll have a Caesar salad, please. What is wrong with you? 2-1 to Frazier. And Todd Frank's oh. one. Deep left field. Down the line. That ball is out of here. Out of here. Todd Frazier ties the game. It's been a night for the New York, New Jersey contingent and Todd Frazier with the Mets' biggest hit of the season thus far. A game-tying three-run homer, and it's 6-6 six to six in the night. Amazing but true. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, joined now by a special guest. You remember him, of course, from his time with the Mets in 2018-2019, a little bit of 2020. He was a two-time All-Star, spent more than a decade in the big leagues with the Reds, White Sox, Rangers, Pirates, Yankees, and our Mets. He now can be seen all over the place, whether it's ESPN for the Little League World Series, 
whether it's broadcasting on the Yes Network. He is a broadcast extraordinaire. And now he has teamed up with Lance Sandwich Crackers. Who doesn't like a Lance Sandwich Cracker with, with their lunch? You know, my mom would definitely pack me some crackers with my lunch as a, as a chubby little boy growing up in, in Trumbull, Connecticut. A Trumbull, Connecticut, a team known for Little Leagues with Chris Jury back, I think, in 89 or 91 around there. He's teamed up with Lance Sandwich Crackers to celebrate coaches who make a positive impact on today's youth with the fourth annual Little League Coach of the Year Award. And Todd has presented the 2023 Coach of the Year Award to two outstanding coaches nominated by their local communities, where he is now at the Little League World Series in Williamsport, PA. And those recipients are Coach Tom Otis of West Hampton, New York, every one of my friends is out in the Hamptons every weekend in the summer. So shout out to Tom Otis and coach Hannah Moeller of Spring Hill, Tennessee. The Todd father meets the pod father, Todd Frazier. Welcome to the amazing, but true. How you doing? Hey guys, how are you, man? Nice to talk to you guys this morning. You just showed me uh, your pin collection. You were at the little league world series. How's that experience been from a guy who's played there, your kid's going to be there probably uh, soon enough, and uh, now you're broadcasting there. Life really uh, comes full circle, huh? Yeah, it really does. It really does. I always wanted to be a broadcaster when I was younger. It's uh, <clears throat> something that it was a dream of mine, too, as well. It's coming into fruition, and um, it's just it's a beautiful thing working with Carl Ravage and ESPN, and it's been a fantastic time here. Been here a lot more times than, than I can, and this is just an awesome opportunity for me to get my foot in the door and uh, – Watch these young men and women play this wonderful game of baseball. Yeah, one of the great things about the Little League World Series, of course, is you're inspiring a lot of dreams. And every time you hear about Tom's River, there's one name that comes to mind, and that's Todd Frazier. All the amazing things you got to do in the Little League World Series. I got to fast forward, just get right to it with the Mets and Yankees, both your former teams. Man, what has this year been like watching them? Wow. Um, you know, you, you feel like in the beginning it's like, all right, we got an opportunity. You feel like you have an opportunity to get to the playoffs, to win the division. And now it's like, whoa, what just happened here? So you, you thought the Yankees were going to do something uh, during the trade deadline. Never happened. You thought the Mets were going to kick it around and they got rid of their two big guns. And now everybody's sitting watching like, whoa, what is going on here? So opportunities came, never happened. And um, unfortunately, it doesn't look like anybody in New York is going to be really happy this year. I didn't want to get into the negative figure. I was trying to save it and still talk about crackers for a little bit and, and little <laughs> leagues before I start saying how terrible the Mets and Yankees have been. What does the future hold here? I think the Yankees are a little bit more limbo because the Mets at least got some prospects where the Yankees didn't really get anything at the deadline. You know, what do you see here? We'll we'll do this a Mets podcast, so we'll focus more on the Mets, but you start to get concerned because you see all these wild card teams losing, Todd. And you're like, wow, what if we kept a Verlander? What if we maybe kept a fam? They were six out going into yesterday. They keep some guys, they might have been two or three out of this race right now. Yeah, and I and I think that's the opportunities are squandered, to be honest, which I think, you know, Colin in in this year was trying to figure out what he wanted to do. He did awesome. I think everybody was like, if you're a fan of other teams, you're like, man, that's how I want my guy to be. Go out there, spend the money, do what you have to do to win. And then then you just let him go. And now they're talking about, oh, we're not going to be, you know, relevant for a couple of years. I don't believe that. I still think once free agency hits, all of a sudden Steve's going to get excited again and, and they're going to start doing some crazy stuff. But it's unfortunate because you want to see a New York team in there every year 
whether it's the Mets or the Yankees. And now, man, it, I mean, the season's not over. Don't get me wrong, but it, it kind of is. And you see that, you know, when you're playing and you have to have four or five teams that have to lose, that's not a good situation to be in. So do you think they pulled the plug too soon? I think they might have, to be honest with you. Um, with a guy like Verlander, a guy like Scherzer, I don't know why you wouldn't want to keep those guys for as long as possible. And I know everybody's like, oh, they were struggling a little bit. I don't care, man. They're going to find a way to come back. They're veteran guys. Ah, it's a tough situation because you want to see them in to lose two guys like that. And they're going to two really good ball clubs that are most likely going to get in. It's uh, it's going to be frustrating for some Mets fans. You played with Pete Alonso, a young Pete Alonso, with the rookie home run record. There are talks that the Mets, you know, not from the Mets, but, the, you know, talks out in the media, always things starting up, that they might try and shop him this offseason with him having one year left on his deal. What do you think of Pete, the teammate? And do you think the Mets should consider getting a haul for him and then maybe they could always sign him again uh, after next year? Yeah, he doesn't want to leave. I, I, from, I haven't talked to him, but I know how much he does love New York. It would be a shame to see him leave as well. That'd kind of be like the last straw there besides like a McNeil or Nemo. That, that's their guy, man. He, they got to sign him long-term. 40 homer hitter every year at least. He's a guy that dominates every year. That would, that would be a shame if he wasn't a Met for as long as possible. Do you think he's a leader in the clubhouse? You know, the Mets don't have a captain. They don't have a kind of leader like that. Did, did you view him as that or was he too young when you were there and, and you were kind of more the leader? No, he's young. He's definitely young when I was there. It was his first year, but he can be. He can be. He's a guy that talks well. He's a guy that goes out there and, you know, proves it on the field. And he's not afraid to, you know, speak up. And you can see it, you know. He shows on the field. He, he's a talker, but at the same time, I, I mean, if I'm on the Mets, I'm looking up to him. He, he proves it. He's willing to go out there and help people. And um, that's a guy, if I'm Steve Cohen, I'm thinking about locking him up right away. Do you believe the prospects are what are needed to take this team to the next level? Yeah, I mean, you look at the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, first and foremost, you see all the guys that they brought up and how good they've been playing. Now, is that going to be sustainable? Maybe. Are they going to be good for years to come? Of course. I mean, those guys are going to have their ups and downs, but they've proven, like a Matty McLean, Ellie De La Cruz, um, Strand, Encarnacion Strand, they, they're proving that they can play. So, are you going to deal with those ups and downs and, and have a good team for four or five years to come? I think you do that. So for the Mets, I think they do have a couple guys that are coming up, and um, I think they're going to be just fine. What age did you make your debut? I was 26 years old. Right. And so myself as well, I was 26 years old. For us, they told us that you had to go through the rigors in the minor leagues and prove yourself. Nowadays, it's a lot different, right? It's totally different. I mean, the one guy I think of that got drafted and went right to the big leagues was Mike Leake with the Reds. Yes. And, you know, he, he wasn't a hitter. Two totally different people. You could throw him in the ringer oh, there. Hold on. Don't say that to Mike Leake because that boy could oh, swing it. <laughs> you're right. He could swing it. But, you know, in the big leagues, it's a different story. But for him, guys, if, you're, if they're ready, bring them up. And I think that's how it should be. And I think that's how it always should have been. And you're hearing the guys like, Holiday son might even be called up this year. So if they're ready, bring them up. And guess what? All of a sudden, a month they're not doing well, put them back down, and then they'll be just fine. So put them in the ringer, man. I love every second of that. Yeah, the Mets are an interesting spot. You know, the date passed for service time for Ronnie Mauricio, and we're still waiting for this kid to call get called up here, Todd. And like, we're like, what the hell's I mean, no offense to Rafael Ortega and Jonathan Aruz have actually not been terrible, but they got these guys who have no part 
of the future playing, but Ronnie Mauricio is sitting there and it mentally he's got to be like every single triple A player has passed over me that I'm thinking the triple A Syracuse meth mascot, Mr. Met Jr. is going to come up <laughs> before Ronnie Mauricio. Like what point do you call this guy up? You're in fourth place, Todd. Listen, I've been there before too. That's it's, it's very frustrating. You're doing everything right. You're hitting well, you're dominating. You're like, when is it my call? Well, there's other, there's things in a way in front of you. That that's the biggest problem. And then once you get up there, you're like, man, finally, I get up here and now you got to sustain it. So for for him, keep going, keep doing well. Let the fans keep getting mad. Don't you get mad and just just worry about what you can control. And you can't control that right now. I just worry that there's going to be added pressure when, say, he call he's a September call up that he's going to have four weeks before you know spring training time to prove himself and maybe. If he plays winter ball, I don't know how much stock they're going to put into that, but he's going to have more pressure because there's less time on him to show what he's got. Is there is there an element to that at all? There, there's pressure. I don't care who you are. When you get called up, the pressure is a huge. I mean, for that, I don't care if you're the top prospect or not. It's the pressures of staying in a big league clubhouse. It's the pressures of trying to figure out where I need to be. Uh, I always said this. There should be a, a handbook for young men when they come up and playing the big leagues, how to dress, how to tip, how to um, control yourself and all that kind of stuff. So there's always pressure. And, you know, whether you're a top guy or not, you got to be ready. Yeah. Speaking of the pressures of, of being able to perform, you're all over the place. You're, you're with the Reds doing some TV, you're with the Yankees doing some pre and post. Uh, you know, what's the most exciting part about being in television? You know, for, for me, I think the Yes Network has been a lot of fun just because, we're focused on one team and it's right down the street from me pretty much. And, you know, I played with a bunch of these guys or played against and I get to talk about them. And it's the tough part about you know not trying to be too hard on somebody and um, not trying to get too excited over somebody. So I think working with guys like uh, Bob Lorenz and Jack Curry in the S Network has been unbelievable. They're basically giving me layups to talk about. And now I'm learning from them. And hopefully down the road, um, you know, more opportunities will come. Todd Frazier on Amazing But True for a few more minutes. Follow him on uh, Twitter at Flava Phrase 21 Todd, talk about the, this award you're presenting to uh, Tom Otis and Hannah Moeller and, and uh, everything you're doing there at the Little League World Series. Yeah, man, working with Lance, uh, uh, and they have been absolutely unbelievable. We're working with unsung heroes, coaches that have positively impacted their communities, we had over 3,000 submissions this year. You know, I was on the judges' panel, so we it was hard to narrow it down to just two. But for these two uh, participants, uh, Hannah and Tom, uh, were exceptional. Hannah works with the Challenger League. She, um, you know, with kids that, you know, have special needs. And uh, they, she goes out there and enjoys every moment. She had tons of people in the community send in votes and letters. And Tom, he works with kids, gives them nicknames, He, you know, the teamwork, perseverance, attitude to help these young men and women on and off the field to be better people. This was a no-brainer to work with Lance on this one. And you're coaching your own kids, and you, you do a travel team. Like, are you expecting him to be on ESPN? Are you calling your own son's game? How cool is that? <laughs> so if that does happen, I, I guess i got to go half booth, half on the field. So we're going to have to figure that one out. <laughs> That's probably the most pressure, right, you have on you is <laughs> having to coach his team. With, without a doubt. We had our first year this year. We're called the Southsiders, and uh, we did pretty good, man. We we have tryouts coming up. This is, It's crazy. Travel ball is absolutely nutty, but um, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I always tell them, I say, listen, my son's name is Blake. If you don't want me to coach you, bro, let me know, man, because I'm not going to be mad. 
I want to teach you the right way because I know eventually you're going to have to have another coach lead the way. But, you know, I'm having fun doing it. But what coach had the biggest impact on your career? Man, that's a good one. I would say my high school coach, Ken Frank. He was a guy that was uh, he was critical, but also forgiving at the same time, if that makes any sense. He wanted the best out of you. Uh, it's like a what have you done for me lately attitude, which I loved. He would get on you if you weren't working hard and uh, he would praise you when you did well. So that kind of attitude. And he would always teach you the right things to do on the field, but make sure off the field everything was right. So Ken Frank, for sure. Yeah. In this day and age, I know we're, we're getting to that where we can talk about it a little differently and we're starting to be the guys on our lawn. But uh, the analytics, I, I, you're not a guy that would stand out to me to be an analytical player or be a, somebody that would sit down and have to be over inundated with the analytics. I mean, talk about that, how you would view these analytics these days. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a couple things that are good, but I'm a guy, I'm an eye guy. I'm, I'm going to watch you. Are you a ball player? How do you do a runners in scoring position? Are you a guy that we can count on? The paperwork is all good, but guess what? That's not how they throw to me. That's how we threw over the last three or four weeks. So I'm going to go back and look at video of myself, of how the pitcher threw to me. We have all the technology in the world right now for that. But the analytical side, you know, where to position myself, that that comes with nature. That comes with playing and knowing where to be. Take that paperwork and you can put it to the side. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that, that was one of the things that I said. I said what what was gaining your stripes was knowing the guys without having to pull out a cue card, right? You knew when a guy came up, hey, I got to move over a little bit. Oh, you know what? Last time he looked like he was trying to go the other way. Maybe I'll move over that, that way. So those are kind of the things where you talk about baseball instincts, where I feel like they're taking that away from today's players and they're kind of making a lot of them cookie cutter. Like this is how it's done, especially for pitchers. Like I know when they did the shift, when we started doing the shift big time in the big leagues, it killed me because I like to pitch a certain way. Nowadays, it's easier to do the shifts and, and pitch into those shifts because guys are mainly fastball slider guys. You know, a, a guy like me, I'm throwing a slow curveball. I'm trying to slow you down. I'm trying to speed you up. So there was that the the art of pitching that I feel and even the art of hitting is lost because there's something to man. I still tell everybody today uh, these days when they talk about a home run in Yankee Stadium, the one you hit off Santana, Irvin Santana where your butt was one way and you threw your hands and it still went 13 rows deep. Look, that wasn't the A swing, right? That wasn't the A swing, but it still got the job done in a major way because you're a ball player. Yeah, and that's the game within the game. That's the adjustments you make. You can have a guy, oh, he's a pole hitter, but you know he can't catch up to the fastball today, so I'm not going to play on the line. That's just common sense. So that kind of stuff, you got to have instincts and you got to be ready for it. Don't worry, Daniel Vogelback's exit velocity is so good that his stats are <laughs> irrelevant because his exit velocity he can on, hit man. he can hit 091 and you know he's signed for life. Uh, yeah, sorry, he... I won't I won't go there, Todd. Yeah, you. please oh, don't. No. Todd, your fellow Aquarius, <laughs> your birthday a week after mine, 37 nice. years old, is still chipper 37. Would you play for the Savannah Bananas? So that's funny you ask. I got asked to do that for alumni association and I turned it down, but maybe in the future, I haven't swung a bat in a couple of years. So uh, it might be an opportunity that comes around if they're playing uh, in New Jersey somewhere close by. So t that was it. 2021, you literally put the bat down and haven't touched it since. I thought you'd at least touch it when you're coaching your kids. Hit him, hit no, him the yeah, kid. no, I'm hitting, I'm hitting fungos and stuff, but never I haven't faced live yet, I should say. Like, I get in the box and grind a little bit. I played in a softball game, but that's about it. We have to get Marquise. We have to get Marquis out there to throw to us. Yes. Well, he's <laughs> golfing too much. So he's, he's, he's like a, 
a two right now in golf. Ain't that bad. the truth? He's yeah, phenomenal. Dude. Does the Tom's River thing ever get old, or do you love it? Because you know you're no Todd Todd from Tom's River. Is that like you know something that you hold to your chest and you love it, or is it like all right, enough of this? No, it's good. It's good when the time comes around. I, I guess around the little league time, it's it's nice to hear. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think it ever gets old. I think when you stop hearing it, it's like all right, my relevancy is pretty much going out the window. So I guess I'm going to keep it as long as possible. <laughs> Todd Frazier from Tom's River, New Jersey, at Flavor Phrase 21 on Twitter. Catch him on ESPN for the Little League World Series as he's teamed up with Lance Sandwich Crackers, celebrating the coaches who have made the positive impact on today's youth with the Little League Coach of the Year. Congrats to Tom Otis of West Hampton, New York, and Coach Hannah Moeller of Spring Hill, Tennessee. And congrats to you for all your success after your big league career, Todd, and doing a great job broadcasting. Don't worry, afternoon and night games, no morning games for you. I know you got to get the voice warmed up. Yeah, so baby. Let's not play in the morning ever. No one wants to ever play in the morning anyway. No, no, no. Um, so we appreciate you coming on Amazing But True. Good to have you on. All right, guys. Nice talking to you. See, he took Spanish. I took French for seven years. So. I, I, I don't think you're good at French either. <laughs> All righty, Figgy. Good interview there with Todd Frazier, the Todd father. I always wonder, because like everyone's like, Todd from Tom's River. Like At some point, he's just got to get sick of it. But I'd imagine he has his own day. I think there's got to be a Todd Frazier day in Tom's River. RIP to the block button. RIP to the show. Episode 173 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and, of course, Jake. Thanks to you for producing the show. Subscribe to Amazing But True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch all episodes. Find that Amazing But True playlist. Give us a thumbs up below on YouTube and comment on your thoughts. What are you watching for the rest of this Mets season? What are you watching for? Or who are you watching, I should even say, because what are you watching for sounds defeated. Follow us on Twitter, at Amazing But True, at Figgy and Y, and at Jake Brown Radio. Roommate situation, the update on the roomie saga, is that I have someone applying today. I've learned today that the rent is going up $60 each, which I didn't even know. She was like, as per the lease renewal I sent you on May 31st. That was months ago. You think I read that email in May? Pay attention, Jake. Um, So the rent's going up, and we have an applicant today, hopefully, putting the application in. Fellow Baldy, but, and you'll support this, but I won't, an Android user. So the green text, I had to go to WhatsApp to give him the video chat tour. So a little extra step had to add him as a contact. It was, you know. Oh, miserable. It was miserable. Yeah. So maybe he'll come on the show. Once he moves on, we'll have. Listen, there's not going to be much else to watch when this Mets season. Let's bring on the roommate and see see who he is and find him out. We'll we'll place him right here next to me. That'll that'll do it for us. We've talked here long enough. Uh, We'll be back Thursday after the Mets series against the Braves. I'll be back. We'll be back Monday after Otani weekend at City Field. Figgy, the Mets did take three out of four and you know, aren't completely out of the playoff race just yet. So we'll close it this in three, little two, pulse with, with a little pulse with a let's go Mets. Nice. There you go. We'll fill in the blank. <laughs> SOS. Peace. Later. I am the pod father. You are just the father. <laughs> <laughs>